for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Welcome back to Pleb Underground. This is episode 38. Why is it that I can't stop writing, can't stop exciting, promoting to higher levels, full screen, no bevels, fall back down and emit, new energy, can't quit, electrostatics determine the wavelength, the real specific color, not day-to-day -day strength, atomic structure, written eclectic content, tomorrow is quantum, like a photonic event, walking my dog, streaming C. Castro, Bitcoin to the moon now, Bitcoin to the astro, check the logic, it's not automatic, space, that's galactic, Programmable reflexivity, time and travel relativity. Go read the GG. Bitcoin is time, stronger each day until the final chime. Standing thinking about my dog from naught to one. Big pause for thought. Integrity can't be bought, nor double spend. Don't be a double spender, melodramatic agenda. Politicians robotic like Bender. Always chaotic, never calmer. Call Marty, back to the Futurama. Rabbit hole recap, habit toll, kneecap, risk adjusted, still risky behavior, self-responsibility, the only savior. What's life without temptation? Sometimes appropriate to use hesitation. Left curve buying taproot wizards, their money flying to taproot lizards. Fear overlords are reptilian, Murphy's law, Killian. Still early so the blinders are peaky, only one coin not creaky. Pre-workout, resting itch face, bump the fee, resting bitch face. Nodes should look good, check out crypto cloaks, sell your shit coins before crypto croaks. Bunch of midwit crypto blokes, 10 to 1, give me crypto jokes. She's quietly kinky, tiptoe chokes. Fuck CSW, can't back an imposter, value for value zap a knack on nostr only kings on our roster phil walton chong cheech smoking trees and i don't mean beach endless bars like miami beach life is something you live or something you hate proof of work enables your sunshine state walton absolutely awesome and joining us today special guest fellow bitcoiner maybe the king pleb of the tab conference tidwell Thank you very much for joining us on our show. It's great to be here, Phil and Walton. I'm honored welcome, to welcome. be here. Awesome. All right. Well, without further ado, we are diving into the numbers. Yeah, the numbers, as always, brought to us by Time Chain Stats and Time Chain Calendar. Phil, what are they like this week? At the time of this recording, the block height is 789,428. The Bitcoin price, 25,985. Sorry, that is the fiat Bitcoin exchange. And the total public lightning capacity, 5,355.95. Moscow time dropping 38.57. And the chain rewrite days, 704. Ugh. Look at that, huh? It's a pretty good uh, fiat exchange. You're getting a little more corn. I know that for some people it's bittersweet. Walton, thoughts? Thoughts on those numbers before we dive into the numbers? I mean, I I, I, I bought some Bitcoin last week, so of course the price, you know, I did a smash buy, so of course then the, the price drops. That's how it goes, right? Oh, yeah, no, but of course. I still think smash buying is the best, um, and anyone that disagrees can go fuck themselves. Uh, but also, 
you're like you need to decide what works for you if you're someone that has you know constant income um if you have um not so constant income you need to you need to balance balance your income streams um and stay what's the term stay solvent right you should be you should be using bitcoin as a savings tool but how you use that will depend on your individual circumstances very well said very well said tidwell you get you have to keep at least 0.01% of your wealth in fiat is what you're saying the other 99.9% bitcoin no i think it should be more than 100% bitcoin but like <laughs> you know living in take out take out some debt take out some debt in order to get over that 100% threshold so many countries do it just fine why can't we right as individuals i mean i i personally think like using using credit cards and paying them off is 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 a good behavior um if if you want to you know completely extricate yourself from the fiat system um that's fine as well um i think i don't know like i'd rather i'd rather yeah put something on a card pay for it at the end of the month than than just pay for it out of you know fiat earnings and i can i, I can have that month for free so to speak that's a good point. I mean, again, right, this, this goes back to the whole whatever it is that you are comfortable with. Every single one of us has different timelines and different goals. And as a result, you know, it, it's never a one size fits all. That's why I always have such a hard time with the people who push these like very hard narratives. And of course, you know, one can argue that, well, you know, the middle of the road is a hard narrative <laughs> technically because it's a completely different narrative. But to me, it just seems like it's a little bit more personal. And I think that people should kind of, you know, go easier on themselves, right? Instead of trying to stick to like one hard, fast narrative. So to your point, I like the smash buys. I feel like the smash buys are this like middle of the road. Like I see a big dip and to me, it's a big dip, right? To somebody else, it may not be right. Seeing Bitcoin drop from 28K down to 26, meh, you know, you may not, you, you may not care if you've been in since like a hundred, but if you got in a little bit later, maybe that, that move seems significant enough that you want to add to your position. So again, it's not, it's not the one size fits all. Tidwell, you a one size fits all guy or not? Um, I mean, I have been wearing like the same size shirt for like the last, you know, 20 years. So, I mean, if you're not wearing a size medium shirt, I mean, what are you doing with your life? You know, lose some weight or gain some weight. Uh, but I, I, there's, there's a lot of like interesting things just with the idea of, you know, smash buying DCA, whatever you want to do. But, um, I have a, I have a dilemma, like, like if you acquire too much Bitcoin, it's, you know, you, it's a superior money. It's like, you don't want to spend it. You have no other, like if, if, if you're in a world that isn't gone full Bitcoin, people are still somehow, you know, receiving fiat currency for their goods and services. It's like, there's this weird thing where it's like, you have, you know, companies that like Bitcoin company where you can spend Bitcoin, get Bitcoin back, or you can use like a fold card, spend fiat and get Bitcoin back. You know, it's like, you, you, there's all these, like, depending on your allocation of Bitcoin, you have different, you know, potential ways of using it. I don't know. There's a uh, depend, you know, I think it's a, uh, I think the cool part is because of, you know, the industry growing up, depending on where you are on the spectrum, <laughs> this is like the autism council, right? Where are we are on the, the spectrum, spectrum of, yeah, all the hodler <laughs> spectrum. Yeah. There, there's going to be something there for you to make your life a little easier, which is cool. Cause it wasn't always like that. Right. So uh, you can almost go like completely Bitcoin now without really jeopardizing any kind of lifestyle where that, you know, you have to obviously know what, what you're doing, but I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'm just throwing it out there.
I think it's also different if you're living on Bitcoin, right? Pe people who only earn in Bitcoin, they have yeah. no choice. Um, uh, and uh, but that does, I think it does require more management, right? I would imagine that that the and and where you can spend Bitcoin um, needs to be thought about. Slight, you know, you have to, it needs to be planned out a bit more, essentially. And it's still early days for you know for many companies. They're not they're not giving a discount if you pay in Bitcoin um, and pay obviously paying in cash essentially. Um, you know, you're 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 paying the full amount up front. Um, again, there's trade there's trade offs to these things, right? If you want to live completely off the grid, then yeah, maybe you don't want to have any credit cards. Um, if you're if you're a whale that only has Bitcoin and isn't earning any fiat, and just you know, then then you yeah, you're going to be spending Bitcoin. But like the, for for most plebs. They have to try and find a balance that they're, 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 they're working, they're earning fiat, um, and they're, they're trying to accumulate more corn, and they do what they can. Man, very good points. Very good points. We're going to switch gears, though. We're going to take a look. You know, we, we heard a lot of bullshit narratives this week, right, about Bitcoin being broken, right, Bitcoin being broken with all the high fees. So for the numbers this week, I just want everyone to, to zoom out here. This is from Documenting BTC. The value and demand for space on the Bitcoin blockchain is nearing a record high with 325,000 plus transactions in mempools. Now, of course, fucking shit coiners, man. Right, right. So we can we we can argue, right? We we can we can argue that this is the the BRC tokens, the ordinals, all that stuff. Look, whether it's organic or not, the point is is that it can be done. It whether we love it or hate it, it did draw more attention to Bitcoin. And I don't think that that's a bad thing because this is part of the, in my eyes, part of the anti-fragile kind of argument for, for Bitcoin, right? Like, because let's face it, the, these guys, look, in my eyes, the BSVers, people can decide whether it's an attack or not. Like, I, I don't really care. But the people that are coming to produce these products, supposedly, I'm having a hard time calling them products, more like vaporware, vapor connections, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's just garbage. But like, shit coins. Yeah, that's right. Shit coins. <laughs> Not even. But like th these people, they were already enemies of Bitcoin, right? BSVers and all of these and all of these ethers, like the methers, right? This is ridiculousness. So, so look, you know, at the end of the day, we are looking at a blockchain that sure, the fees have gone up, but TikTok next block still getting mined still able to send bitcoin right it's a block space market bitcoin. it hasn't it hasn't broken so, um but but tidwell i've read something this week that said that how how i think specifically for brc20 tokens that it's 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 inefficiently written like I, I can't remember the tweet but it was someone saying oh if if you know if 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 a software engineer that i hired did it like this i'd fire them because it's just incredibly inefficient I don't suppose you right, because I think they're using. I think. Well, I haven't actually looked into it because I'm not interested I think in they're the using JSON, the, maybe. Yeah, they're they're. Well, this is this is what I've heard from when I've asked about it was that they're they're not really encoding in any kind of like efficient byte kind of thing like what you would typically see with like a Bitcoin transaction where it's very like you have to you get like a bunch of like ones and zeros and then you have to actually have like a library that parses and figures out what the hell this is and what they're doing is actually instead of encoding something at like a binary byte level, you know, kind of thing, which would require a protocol to kind of decipher, they're actually just putting the JSON data in there where it doesn't really require a protocol to figure out what it is, but that 
spans the data very large. You know what I mean? Because you're not like putting in like a, you know, ones and zeros and stuff and then figuring out what that actually means. Like a one could mean like, hey, my name's Walton. That's what a one means. But instead they're putting like Walton, you know? Um, anyways, uh, yeah, that the whole the whole thing with uh, BRC20, I'm honestly, I'm ignorant to. I don't understand. Um, ever since like, ever since inscriptions happened, I, I knew Casey, so I knew about ordinals since like two years ago, but then the whole inscription things and then how people want to use them and then, and then the stamps and then the BRC 20 stuff, I just stopped. I've just been too busy to actually get into it. So maybe I need some education here, but the, the thing that I heard was the way that these stamps and BR, uh, BRC 20 stuff is working is um, the, the, it kind of like more or less creates a UTXO that isn't really spendable. It's more or less like a perma UTXO, uh, which is you know, something that, uh, I also saw or not saw, but I also heard that there's an implementation, uh, fork off of Bitcoin core that someone's maintained that just prunes all the stuff out. So if you run a Bitcoin node, it doesn't actually hold that data and that, uh, there might be a consideration of running a version of Bitcoin core that actually does the same thing, um, which, kind of, this goes back to arguments all the way back from, you know, counterparty and counterparty. Are y'all familiar with counterparty? Yeah, I think yes. Shinobi actually said this week, oh, well done. They've reinvented counterparty. Exactly. X X XCP, right? Right. Counter counterparty, I think came out in 2014, something yeah, 2014, like that. 2014, 2015. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the idea there was, I mean, you're not going to believe, well, maybe you know the story that you burn Bitcoin, right? So you, yes. you, you destroy the Bitcoin to the one counterparty address. You can still look it up. It's still on the blockchain. If you type in one counterparty, XXX, whatever the, the address is. This is how is. the original like Pepe's were done, right? Right. At first it wasn't Pepe's. There's actually like, they're trying to make like card games. I think there's like Genesis of Genesis card game or something. Anyways, there's, there's the Pepe's became the, the thing for counterparty though. It very quickly yeah. it got associated with, with uh, the Pepe's um, because of, uh, Bitcoin uncensored, especially, uh, uh, Chris Bitcoin uncensored was like the, the, uh, lead marketing person of counterparty for like in 2016 or 2015 or whatever, he was like put in charge of it. So he really pumped it and talked about it, uh, for Bitcoin uncensored. So that's how a lot of people I think kind of found out about it and like, or, or at least knew about it through the podcast. Um, but you talk, yeah, counterparty was just like, Rose, you burn right? it. yeah, you, you burn yeah. it. You, 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 you get the XRC, uh, the XCP, the, the shit coin probably as Walton would call it. And then, um, and then the idea is like, okay, it's verifiably scarce because you have to burn Bitcoin to get this XCP. And then, um, and then from there, you know, it's using like its own op return kind of whatever thing to, to prove, you know, transactions. And then I think they, I think at first counterparty was doing like every single transaction was like an op return on bitcoin and then the, the the conversation was oh well op returns can be pruned from bitcoin so counterparty is bullshit uh i think ordinals is like a completely different thing because they're using like the script right they're encoding inside the the four megabyte maximum script size or something so they're they're not using like op return right isn't that right so actually, like, uh, my understanding no, they, with 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 inscriptions is with with op return the 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 message goes with an unspendable output, whereas with inscriptions the the message is with with a spendable output. Right, but the the output is not like a uh, isn't it, isn't it put into script because your op return can only be so large. So they're actually they're they're putting it in like the script of the like a, a bullshit transaction, but just to put the data there. Right, isn't that how it's working? So. So anyways, 
it, the, the whole, th this, this argument of like pruning the blockchain has been around for a long time, but I don't think it's ever been done like in terms of like any kind of mainstream implementation. So it'd be interesting to see if this actually, you know, gets done and then okay. what that means for future Bitcoin stuff. Cause it's always been like, Hey, if it's in Bitcoin, it's valid and it'll always be there. But then if like no, it's on no one's node, then is it really, you know, to, to, to me, this stuff still has the issue of an Oracle problem, right? That, no, that, yeah, that it, someone, someone is recording it and you're trusting, you're trusting them. It, Am I misunderstanding always, that? No, it, it's always a third party. No, you're absolutely right. It's a third party index, right? Like the, so th that's the whole thing, right? Like the, the inscription, if I understood this correctly as well, the, it, the inscription is using the operturn field because the field was enlarged. So it allows these bigger data sets and all the ordinals are doing are simply just looking at that field and being able to decrypt it, right? Like, so you have a viewer, right? So the ordinals, let's say an ordinals website allows you to essentially see that message, uh, I, I guess, like in its JPEG form or it's in or in its video form, uh, you know, like or audio form in some cases, because people have, you know, done this with audio files as well. So all it is, is is like it's a viewer and an index. And technically anybody can offer this. And it's just, I don't know, it, it just seems so so, so I, 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 I'm, I might actually be ignorant then to how this works, because I was under the impression it didn't require an Oracle. So I might be wrong about that then. Cause oh, I was thinking, I, mean, the I was thinking it there. didn't re well, well, an Oracle, you usually need to map that data. Yes. And, and like the data actually isn't like you're getting like a hash. So then it's like, you need an Oracle to resolve that hash or something. But That's what I'm exactly saying is, correct. what I'm saying is I don't think from what I understand and granted, I haven't like looked deeply, this doesn't require an Oracle cause the data is actually in the Bitcoin blockchain. So the data is there, but it's raw. Right. Like you can't like, I mean, yes, you can see it. So you are correct. It is there, but like, you can't, you can't really do anything. With right. It. But there's no database that's holding the data that's resolving these things. It's just more or less like a client to look at the data in a certain way, but the, you can create like typically with the Oracle, like problem like I'm thinking of is like, you have data that's like no way retrievable from the Bitcoin blockchain. Like you need that Oracle to provide that service. And in this but, case, but you again, can put the JPEG, the JPEG, right. Isn't the the thing that's being bought right again so the the oh i own this but you don't actually own that you own like a receipt of that picture or whatever it is well using like the ordinal protocol so the the um i know that last i think it was last week or the week before essentially what happened was was that the oracle uh not the oracle sorry the ordinals i think it was the ordinals wallet website or whichever one it was uh what one of the big ones um essentially what happened was was that the, there was like some type of a corruption in their index or something like that. And then all of a sudden well, super, you're talking about super, super testnet. testnet broke it, right? Was yeah. It so super, yeah. super, super testnet made like a invalid, like, like he, he referenced an Oracle, but then did like a zero output kind of thing where zero like pretty much, I think put zero value output, right, I believe it was right. Where, which, which pretty much broke their, their client the logic or whatever it, but, but it didn't, it didn't like break i from what i heard from super testnet is like it didn't break the ordinal system it just broke the viewer of the ordinal so, system so ex yeah. that, so that's exactly it right the ordinal system is these viewers like it didn't like so the inscriptions are all still there right like that that data in the operaturn is all still there but the viewer itself like that website you're you're correct like it doesn't contain the data from that field right in a third party um but it, it is and from everything I've understood, it's just a viewer 
and an index in order to be able to figure out like what it's pointing to when you type, you know, when you type the, the ordinal name or whatever it is, figure out what the pointer is and be able to show you that data. Right, but anyone can run that software potentially yeah. and then also do the same thing versus an Oracle will have specialized data that won't be able to be reproduced so easily. You know what I mean? So it's like, I have a SQL database I have shit in there that maps to the Bitcoin blockchain, use my service to then re resolve what these images are versus this is open source. I can run it and then resolve the images myself, you know, potentially, you know, obviously it takes time and energy, but maybe the Oracle is providing like the service of just doing it, but I still wouldn't, this is also me speaking potentially in highly high ignorance. So it's going to well, be okay. like, we're someone, just shooting the shit about you know, this. I mean, check. okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. But, but, but from what I understand, <laughs> I like the about it. The, the ordinals are using like uh, the, the UTXO index, you know, within like the, the, the UTXO, every, every set is like a, is like a potential ordinal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the inscriptions, the, the way I thought that worked was, uh, granted, this is what I think, I, I think it uses the actual script itself to then, uh, to then, you know, put in that big ass, you know, whatever JSON file or image, you know, render or whatever. And that's why images can only be so big, right? You can't make an image larger than a few megabytes because the block space. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think really what's funny is this should just go to Bitcoin cash. I mean, they have big blocks that you can make a uh, 4k images there, you or, know, or BSV, right? I think that was yeah. the whole point. All these BSV yeah. people, oh, let's go to Bitcoin and uh, we'll do, we'll do stuff here. And then we'll try and tell everyone to come yeah. over to BSV and everyone will say no. Uh, but w one question I have um, is whether this is an attack or it isn't. I think we we're in agreement that there's some inefficient use of of block space. Um, can we talk a little bit about bloat? Like um, we have like long term. Yeah, long term. Like like uh, is is does this risk? I like to think of decentralization as a vector. So there are incentives that drive decentralization and small block size is the key one, right? That enables um, many plebs to run their own nodes because you don't need to have, you know, uh, a 50 terabyte drive or something. You have a one terabyte drive for now. Um, yeah. What, what's going to happen long term? It, so, so, uh, this is a freaking great question, man, because, you know, this was right. The, you, okay, here's a trivia thing. Who was the biggest first uh, offender of blockchain bloat? Do you know who that was? Um, are you gonna say Satoshi? No, no, it was uh, it was Eric Voorhees with Satoshi Dice, oh. right? So, so he was the first big offender of like blockchain bloat, UTXO bloat, kind of you know like bullshit dusting, you know, like all this stuff, right? He was the first big offender, and he was and he accounted in a short period of time of like. I don't know. I want to say something crazy, like 50% of every Bitcoin transaction or, you know, of all transactions of all time or something. And, um, you know, this is the guy who also went on to make shapeshift and prism yep. or something, whatever he, I don't know what he's doing nowadays, but, um, but anyways, at one point, by the sounds of it, I, after shapeshift, I kind of lost track, but uh, a shapeshift to be honest was a really interesting thing. No KYC. And then they made KYC mm -hmm. and then became vastly less interesting, but, um, <laughs> but uh we're, we're okay so 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 the whole satoshi dice bloat thing you know scare where she's like hey if we're not careful we're gonna fuck up bitcoin long term and there's no way to fix it i think um 
I think it's an interesting question that I don't know if anyone necessarily has like the perfect answer to. There's some people saying like, oh, we can prune, you know, blow out if we need to. But then you get into tricky situations where it's like, well, if I'm using Bitcoin in the way that it can be used, but just no one knows about it, you know, like I, I didn't like create a BIP. I'm just create, I'm just using Bitcoin and I soft fork it. I didn't tell anyone, you know, and I'm doing Bitcoin a certain way, but then later there's going to be like an update that messes it up. Well, these people might be thinking like, oh, we're cleaning up bloat, but really they're like disenfranchising people doing private use cases on Bitcoin that they wouldn't know about. So there's that kind of argument and use case where a lot of core developers talk about like, where it's like, well, we can't do this and it has to be a soft work because of this. And we also have to have, you know, spread it, you know, wide and talk about it in the community in case someone's using Bitcoin for like some company use case that we don't know about. And we might destroy their atomic swap system that they created or, you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, it gets tricky. And honestly, I think if anything, this just kind of shows like Satoshi wasn't perfect. None of these ideas were were fully flushed out. If we were to redo Bitcoin nowadays, it would be vastly different, right? Um, we would we would we would probably prevent a lot of foot guns, you know, from from being possible. It's it's going to be interesting. The best part is there's a lot of smart people in Bitcoin that are working hard to to make it better. And uh, if things end up do you know becoming terrible, like in terms of bloat. I have full faith in humanity, which might be rare in the Bitcoin space, but I have full faith in humanity to to uh, to say, hey, look, we're going to fix this. Uh, and if we do need to jeopardize some of the backward com uh, capability uh, compatibility to to fix a, s a serious serious issue that jeopardizes the vision of Bitcoin, then um, I think you know I, I'm not afraid to you know, if that were to be a thing that were happening, I would be okay with that, you know, as long as it, you know, seems like it's in the spirit of doing what's right. So that's kind of how I see things. So if it really does get bad, I have faith in us to adapt and evolve. I don't really have this kind of like maxi idea where like the protocol is set and can never change. I don't really think that's realistic uh, from a technical point of view, but um, I, I do like it as a vision and as a, as a point, as a North star, at least, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. kind of where I fall on that. Yeah, chain bloat is is definitely definitely going to be a nothing burger in the future. Although although an, an interesting fudding point, right for for shitcoiners, right? They they get to use that as a fudding point. Anyways, anyways, we're gonna wrap up the numbers and we're gonna move on over to our interview section. All right, Tidwell, this is where you're in the hot seat, and we ask you questions about you. So, let's so go anyway. <laughs> i know i know i know about that guy so i'm ready <laughs> uh so man uh before we dive into the uh, the tab conference stuff tell me uh tell me what what you do with zebedee because we uh you know i've spoken with um i think it's mandelson M mandelson duck or uh i call him mando after mando, the mandalorian yeah. he's an awesome but dude. uh his uh his handle is mandel duck mandel duck that's right that's yeah. right so yeah, like you're at Zebedee. Tell me what's what's going on there. What are you guys doing? That's absolutely awesome. Oh man, uh, honestly, every day is like it's kind of crazy because um, it's kind of cool to work at a Bitcoin company that has you know relations with all the other you know kind of prominent Bitcoin companies. So you get to you know know who's who of like what's who's building what like kind of industry specific, and then uh, so that's fun. And then it's fun. Uh, I'm I'm running a couple teams at Zebedee, so I. I um, I more or less helped start the company. I was like one of the first first employee or so. Um, uh, been been with them uh, since early early 2020 or late 2019, and um, and uh, yeah, we've been building ever since we started 
uh, I think as a lot of people know with just video games, and then we kind of branched out into uh, streaming podcasts, uh, you know, kind of ideas. Um, we're doing stuff with, uh, protecting people, uh, uh, with, a with a product called shield. We, we have, uh, so, uh, social media kind of, um, uh, efforts with Noster and, you know, Fiat Joff works at, or is with Zebedee, you know, uh, he's helping us out and, and we're, we're, we're trying to do a lot of things and, um, there's a lot of things we could do as well, but I think we're, we're, we're focusing on, you know, things other than video games now at this point. So it's, it's a lot of, a lot of things to do a lot of work and, uh, it's, it's pretty motivating. So, so the last I heard about yeah. Zebedee was, you know, essentially it was a tool that meant you could get paid sats when you get a headshot on Counter-Strike. Yeah. Um, but the, the best grow, strategy. Grow in yeah. some ways from there. My, um, well, so what, what other games can, can people play now um, that have Zebedee into, integrated? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, what I would recommend is if you're trying to figure out all the games that are integrated with Zebedee, I actually don't know how to find all of them. Like if we have some directory, but we mm -hmm. do have promoted uh, games on our app. So if you do download like the Zebedee app, which acts as a lightning wallet, right? And your gaming wallet and your product, you know, as I your as your identity wallet, custodial lightning wallet, but it's you got like lightning yep. address, and so you, you, know, you can quickly <laughs> withdraw, etc. So. Right. We're, we're very custodial. We don't try to hide that. So if you have too much money on there, we do want you to like, you know, withdraw it to your own node, to your own, you know, non-custodial thing. We, we think of it as like your hot uh, activity wallet for these applications. So we're, we're very tightly integrated into all these various applications and APIs and products. And the idea is it's a utility wallet for that uses Bitcoin. So we're definitely custodial. We don't have any non-custodial products at this time, but um, Are you still I would like to manage? say... Sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say you did mention Lightning Address. So uh, something cool about Zebedee as well is we're responsible for Lightning Address. So um, every time anyone who downloads the Zebedee wallet gets a free Lightning Address URL. So it, you get a zbd.gg slash you know your or uh, your username at zbd.gg, and then you can go to that website zbd.gg slash your username when you download. So it's really cool because if you're trying, if you're like a if you're just trying to accept lightning and you want a quick way to do it, you get a static QR code that you can get that you can put anywhere to receive lightning. And that's like really cool. Cause then it's like for, for onboarding people and to like understanding how Bitcoin works, like a static QR code is like very understandable. I can print it out. I can put it in my shop. You know, I can have people, you know, use it. Uh, you saw uh, pleb lab in, in Texas was using it for people to get into the pleb lab, uh, you know, community center that they, that they started in Texas is really cool. Um, yeah, actually, so, I've had zbd.gg slash Walton for a little while. Yeah. So, so uh, what, were you, what were you going to ask? Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually yeah, going to The other question was, oh, okay, sorry, um, was the, from my recollection, you, you were one of the people or the, the person in charge of managing um, all of the liquidity across all the, the lightning nodes and channels for Zebedee. I imagine that's, that's quite a project and I imagine it's grown quite a lot. Are, are you still doing it? Or, or have you now passed? I am trying to, to someone else, right? I'm. I one of one of the teams that Zebedee handles that. Uh, I don't know if we, we have a team lead specifically. I don't know if he wants to be mentioned, but uh, someone that we all know, dear, you know, him. It's okay. dearly, I like it. <laughs> I don't know, um, but uh, but it's, it's but anyways, growing and there's a, there's a whole team. So that 
Yeah, it's is it's also when you're when you're doing lightning at scale, this is what they don't teach you in Bitcoin school is um, you know, lightning nodes with L so let's just be clear, like LND, the most popular implementation. There's obviously other implementations that are very good, like Core Lightning and uh, AsyncQ and you know, whatever, like you know, the Breeze SDK. Like there's there's various ways of doing lightning, right? But LND is like the 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 most used implementation, right? And that's primarily because they they focus on their gRPC kind of API to make it easy to integrate with and stuff. So do you not think so, it's because it got bundled with a bunch of packaged things like Umbral and others? Well, you have to ask why did Umbral, why did Casa, why did all these people pick it? Is because it's the easiest one to integrate with. At least that's my theory. I mean, maybe they just did it because it's like, oh, everyone's doing this, so I'll do it too. That might also be uh, a factor. You could you could maybe blame Casa. Uh, for for this because Casa was the first one to package it up and and send it out to people and they used LND uh, back in what was it 2019 or 2018 or something. Well, this, is, this is the um, one where the cable like plugs into it. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it was rough back then, dude. Um, oh, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was. I think Mike in space uh, was making fun of it for a long time, and they there's a lot of memes about it, but um. But what they don't teach you in Bitcoin school is like, hey, when you want to scale this out for like an enterprise or a company that's going to be doing, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of microtransactions in short periods of time, you know, a single node, you know, uh, kind of just dies and falls over and just doesn't work at all. And then how do you, you know, like now, like the software that everyone's using doesn't work. Like, what do we do? And like, if you're responsible for that, what do you do? And then you have to come up with, you know, sort of... Uh, half-baked solutions of round robining between many nodes and you have a kind of like ingress kind of ideas where you know think things happen and you try to round robin between your infrastructure you just have a bunch of really shitty nodes but you span them out really wide and then you can you know reduce you know issues but it was it was very rough it's gotten way 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 better um in the last you know three years so um it's not it's not nearly as bad uh but yeah i, I used to i started doing that obviously uh for a little bit but I don't, yeah, not really. That's not my main focus nowadays. Yeah. What's, uh, I don't know if you can speak on this topic, but um, what's the uh, the connection between Zebedee and Thunder Games? And and for the people who don't know Thunder Games, they, they make awesome uh, mobile games, uh, Bitcoin, you know, lightning, essentially lightning enabled mobile games. And, you know, you can essentially get paid sats to, to uh, play games. But uh, what's, I feel like there's a very strong connection between Zebedee and Thunder Games. Am I wrong? Am I right? Right. Yeah. So, so, so that's, yeah, there's a lot of confusion actually, because, um, Thunder Games and Zebedee, like all, all of us are pretty good friends, yeah. um, with Jack and Dez. So a lot of people think it's either the same company yeah. or I know, like, I know like one time Desiree got called CEO of Zebedee or something. Like, I know there's been like some, uh, things like that, uh, which I thought was funny, uh, cause these are obviously two separate companies and also Thunder Games. I think does a lot of its own infrastructure. I don't know if they're also using someone else, but they're not actually uh, using Zebedee. Uh, I don't think at the core, but so. they are using. They're they are using. Uh, I saw a post yesterday where they're they're piggybacking off of onboarding users to Lightning address and then having them use a Zebedee account, which is kind of cool. That's cool. Um, I, th I thought they were yeah. making their own games, whereas Zebedee is more yep. about producing producing the, the integration tool for existing game gaming. You know, man, I don't know what the term is. You know, people who are already producing games for them to enable the uh, lightning integration, yeah. essentially. So right. It's more yeah. Of a and white label product is that, or can be used as a white uh, label product. So, or, so we're not. Yeah, we're we're not quite. I would say a white label product. We're more like a 
generic API for lightning that can, that we focus, you know, on video games. And, and, um, I would say like, um, let's see, where, where was I going with this? Um, in terms of, in terms of like thunder, you know, like, you know, using Zebedee or whatever, they're not like, a I would say like a, like a developer uh -huh. user with, with, yeah, like they're not like a partner or anything, but we still have like a close relationship. I think it's more or less like Thunder was like early enough in Bitcoin and Lightning where they kind of felt comfortable like, hey, Zebedee is also still new. We kind of started at the exact same time. We're going to kind of do our own thing. Maybe eventually they use us more or whatever. I don't, I'm not sure. But um, uh, the other thing is, is like Zebedee itself also kind of eats its own dog food. We have a small game studio and um, we have like, you know, uh, the person you actually mentioned earlier, Mandel, Mandel Duck, Mando, uh, it actually runs that team. So we actually do develop games and we do help people that also helps us you know prove out our concepts and help uh, onboard developers when they want to use our api it's like hey this is how we do it in our demo app you know so we also i know mando made like the mario kart uh bitcoin game he's made like a street fighter kind of game so there's been various uh you know us eating our own dog food kind of examples there i think i saw him do something with super mario brothers but i could be wrong I saw, I feel like I saw a video a while back of like, of, uh, of a Zebedee integration with Mario Brothers, but I, I could have just been really ripped. Who knows? I feel like that was real. <laughs> yeah, like well, you have to, you got to bring them on uh, for episode, you know, whatever. <laughs> 39. Okay. Our next question, Tidwell. Well, uh, episode 39 is going to be in two weeks time because next week is Pleb Tacos in Miami Beach. Uh, but my understanding is that a lot of people have have issues with conferences because they're not very they're not very pleb focused, um, and one of the reasons you know we've become uh, friends, Tidwell, is that is that your your focus with TabConf is for it to be not some kind of corporate cut event, not for it to be full of shit coiners, for it to be about Bitcoin education, Bitcoin plebs, and 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 people learning more more technical more technical knowledge about bitcoin can you tell us more yeah i so my, my opinion in the space is um similar to you know internet technology computer technology uh there was a lot of people you know when email came out they're like oh i'll have my secretary send an email or i'll, I'll i have no time to learn you know this this email thing or uh i have no time to you know Every, every, like I'm using email as an example, but now it's like executive not able to send his own email is kind of ridiculous. You know, uh, we have good, you know, client software and, and he knows how BCC works. I mean, he knows how attachments works. He knows, you know, how, you know, all the kind of email -y kind of things, signatures, whatever. And, and I kind of see Bitcoin as the same thing where it's like, no matter what level you're at, if you're at like a level zero and you have like absolutely no technical expertise, you don't even own Bitcoin, there's something at Tabcom for you. And if you're all the way and you actually know how to, you know, write Bitcoin script and you and you know um, very like low protocol level things, there's something there for you. So it's like there's something there from zero to ten in terms of like your level of understanding of Bitcoin. So I, the, the goal is to bring everyone a little bit more technical because I do believe Bitcoin is the future, and I don't want anyone to be left behind. And I want people to use this as like a as like a place to not only meet people, potentially meet business partners in the future. But meet friends and meet people that also want to learn because that's the best way to stay motivated. And um, the way we've the way we've broken things out is we're trying to make it the most organic grassroots kind of possible conference. So we try to keep tickets cheap. We try to spend all the money back into the conference. 
we pretty much only keep enough money for the down deposits for next year. That's kind of like we fail at that a lot, <laughs> but that's what, that's our goal. And, um, and you know, we, there's another guy named Brandon who also chips in some of the, some of the, uh, you know, cash up front every year. And we pretty much buy venue space. We give it away and we let people run their own mini conference. So we try to take all the logistics out of hotels, food, coffee, you know, venue space, you know, hours of operation, you know, directions, website, you know, the idea is like, how can we make this where people who are interested in doing content can just come and do it and not have to be stressed out. And like, how can we provide that in like a Renaissance fair way of like, just like open space, you know, rooms, whiteboards, you know, projectors, like, let's just, you know, let's, it's going to be four day event with just, you know, building, learning, presentations, spicy conversations, dancing, karaoke, etc you know whatever every it always gets interesting every year Very um, cool. so we're talking you know. september can you remind us of the dates and and where where plebs out there can can find out more and potentially buy a ticket yeah so it's september 6th through 9th and uh tabconf.com or 2023.tabconf.com um yeah the current ticket price is 121 based fiat <laughs> um and yeah so if you if you can only come a few days, great. If you can come all four days, great. Um, you know everything's included; it's all inclusive. You don't have to buy a separate ticket for this event or this party or this you know uh, you know kind of area of the conference. It's all like open. We just you know obviously if you do come, just respect each person's area because it's like if you're for instance, let's say Pleb Underground's like, hey, we want to come to TabConf and set up a little area and start interviewing people. Like we want to be able to facilitate something like that for you guys. You know what I mean? And if, if, you know, respect their area. And it's like, if, if you go into the bit devs room, don't start taking pictures because they have a no photography kind of policy, you know? So it's, it's kind of like, uh, things have worked out so far. So we kind of just, we're kind of just seeing how things, you know, function organically. So do you think you're the most sovereign conference there is? Um, I, <laughs> To, to find sovereign conference, I, I like, well, I, I, mean, like I like that. You're, you're, I like that definition, you're, though. You're passing on. It's it's it's. You're not saying, oh, we own everything. You're saying, look, we're we're, we're trying to provide the space and let and let people kind of provide what they can provide. Um, right. We're trying to be non-custodial with non-custodial. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's a it's a it's a non-custodial uh, sovereign conference, but. Uh, we, yeah, we do, you know, we try to take care of all the, the, the unnecessary overhead, like, you know, security, water, coffee, food, and, and just give space for people. It's like, if you want to run a two day event, it's like, this is the space to do it because TabConf is just a wrapper around great ideas and great, pretty much conferences within it. And we do run, we do try to run a main stage that we film, but that's pretty much the only organization we do. And that's like a fifth of the conference or less. Um, yeah, man, it's it's cool. I I'm I'm excited this year. We're I, I want to see what people bring. Sometimes people bring stuff I'm not expecting, and uh, I want it to be something where it's like things are unexpected every year, and like people uh, we we allow people to be creative. You know, we allow people to come in, do their own thing, and try not to micromanage. Um, in terms of like you know, sovereign, you know, non-custodial, you know, transparency. I guess you could say we are using GitHub this year. So mm -hmm. GitHub. Uh, so if you want to have a talk, a panel, if you want to pitch an idea like, hey, I want this panel to exist. I don't want to be on it. I don't want to moderate, but I want to hear this. The idea is we're trying to 
have people do public submissions to our GitHub uh, oh, project, yeah. which is just tab, uh, tab uh, 2023 tab comp. And you can look at all the issues. You can upvote them. The idea is like, how do we remove the responsibility of us picking all the content for the main stage even? So we're even trying to make that more community driven where if you say like, Hey, this topic is super interesting upvote, you know, or, you know, I want to, I, there is no topic that I'm interested in. I really wish like Matt Carell and Peter Volley would talk about this. You know, I want to see a fireside chat on this topic where they talk about block, you know, uh, block space bloat. And I want them to really get in and I want that to be recorded over, you know, half an hour or something like you can, and, and, you know, maybe they don't want to do it, but we don't know if we don't ask. So um, it's, we're, we're, we're really trying to be like super transparent. We're, we're going to do the transparency report then the conference again, um, where we talk about the numbers in our version. Um, we're, we're, we're really like everyone who is involved, you know, doesn't do it as a job. Like this is all passion. And we want, we want to share this passion with other people that want to get involved, almost like a, um, burning man kind of i don't know what i've never been to burning man but i've heard like it's kind of like the same idea everyone brings like their own shit and like everyone you know kind of uh, makes it what it is yeah <laughs> yeah and and uh so what i'm hoping this year is somewhere under a thousand people but more than 500 people that's usually like a really good sweet spot so um yeah so that's that's it in a nutshell yeah i like it i like it a lot I, I honestly did not know what Tab Conference was about. And before the show, I, yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was like a conference. Phil asked if it was in Europe. I'm like, no, it's the, the Atlanta Bitcoin Conference. Yeah. It's, uh, don't worry. Like, uh, if, if, if it doesn't work out, it'll be the annual technical or the technical annual Bitcoin conference. And then we can have it in Europe. So um, Tab Tab at this point, I'm trying to maybe... Like just have it be tab. I don't know. Like I, I think I think having it in Atlanta every year in the next, you know, for the next 10 years might not be the best thing, or it might be, but I want us to there might be a situation where we want to explore, you know, depending if TabConf grows. I, I think I think there's a really cool thing about TabConf being a certain size. I think if you start getting tens of thousands of people, you just there's it's just too much, I think. Uh it down, and, right. And 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 I think, you know, if, if tab does start getting some really, really high recognition where thousands and thousands, you know, it becomes like a Miami event, then I would be tempted to maybe do it multiple times per year in different areas, potentially, just so it stays kind of modular and small. I don't know, but uh, we'll see. Like, it's, I, I always feel like every year we do tab, I'm like, dude, it can't get any better. This was amazing. So I, I, I feel that way every time we do it. I don't, I have no idea how it could possibly be better than last year, but I mean, we'll, we'll try, so... <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. All right, guys, awesome don't forget stuff. to check that out. The Tab Conference. We are, of course, going to post a link to that in the show notes in case anybody wants to check it out. It definitely sounds exciting. We are moving on over to Wrecked. Up next, we have Wrecked, sponsored by Represent. Represent is a phenomenal clothing uh, brand that sell a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, you can check them out over at representltd.com. Um, and you can get a discount on all of the goodies with the code pleb underground. Once again, that's representltd.com. Welcome back to Wrecked. This week we have two stories. The first story is about Paxful. Now, Paxful, um, it literally means peaceful, right? The, the word Pax is, is is the Latin word for peace. Um, 
And so Bitcoin, you know, being a voluntary opt-in uh, monetary system um, is the most peaceful of all. And so Paxful, I think, imagine is, is why it was named as such. Now, Paxful um, was a peer-to-peer, -peer, um, I believe a peer-to-peer -peer exchange, in it, similar to kind of hodl-hodl. Um, um, and I don't think they were necessarily all Bitcoin, but the, their, 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 key, well, their CEO or former CEO, um, Ray Ray Paxful Ray Yusuf. Um, he recently had a bit of a uh, falling out with other uh, directors um, who were basically shitcoiners and trying to rug people and doing horrible things essentially. And so Ray Ray the the good man that he is made a conscientious objection to 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 quit essentially and to to kind of you know shed light on this. Um, but now there's you know these further silly games being played. Um, Ray is no longer the CEO, but now he's get he's got, he got banned. Uh, he can't even use uh, Paxful as a user. Um, you know, meanwhile people are still trying to reach out to him, are asking um, for his help because they just got scammed. Um, so guys, this is a this is a warning. Don't use Paxful anymore. Um, they're shit coiners. Fuck them. Um, if you want to buy Bitcoin peer to peer. Um, there's there's good solutions, right? You can you know you can meet up with people in person. You can use Bisc. You can use Peach, um, which is very seamless actually. On Peach, you can put put an order, and within a couple minutes, there's you've got a bunch of offers, and then you can and then you choose one of the offers, and then you can send send money you know bank bank from your, from your bank to their bank, um, and then the the Bitcoin gets released um, from what do you call it? Um, What's the word? Like an escrow from an escrow. So the, so the, um, you, you, it's it's very 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 easy, um, and and is and seems pretty safe. Now, okay, it's not completely KYC free, um, because you're still using you know a bank account, um, but again, it's 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 a peer to peer, um, system. If you don't want to be using one of these more centralized exchanges, um, one option to explore. What do we think about? Paxful and how how Ray's being treated. Uh, I'll let can, you go first. Do you, well, I, I'm just like, man. So Ray's awesome, right? Or he's at least been very nice to me. But like, do you know more details about the Paxful scam? Like what actually happened? Like how people got scammed? Like the process. So of my it? understanding was one of the other directors was was I don't know. I, I think I think this stuff is still kind of you know in in the mix, but. I, essentially one of the other directors um i think yeah w w didn't want to kind of get rid of shit coins um and was you know i don't know i i i don't know enough to be honest um but it was it was um very much a difference of opinion amongst the those higher up in paxful um and, and ray had no choice but to but to conscientiously object to all of their nonsense so it sounds like if they if they if they replaced them, this was definitely a board decision. Then it sounds like, yeah, yeah, they they othered him. They they hit they 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 threshold signatured him uh, three out of five on the board to, to replace him or something. Yeah, yeah, it's it, yeah, that's that's crazy. It's kind of a weird situation, right? Because I, I feel like a month ago he was like the hero, right? You know, he was like, "Hey, we're gonna help out all the serious Celsius bag holders that that got screwed," you know, like. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you you kind of see this type of behavior start to happen, and now it culminates in him just, you know, getting booted out of of Paxful, and now 
not only that, but to the point where he can't even use his own account. I mean, you ready for the conspiracy? Yes. But, so he put, he, totally put he put one thing that he did though was he put um, this was back in April. He put ninety nine point nine percent of his shares in Paxful into a public trust to make every frozen account whole. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> this kind of thing doesn't happen, right? This just doesn't. Um, his former partner apparently wouldn't release the funds, and so Ray covered them himself. This is interesting. Uh, help me understand, because this sounds very like philanthropic or whatever. <laughs> like this sounds like he's being a philanthropist here. Like he's he's like uh he 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 saw a bunch of people in jeopardy. Like uh they didn't have liquidity to make them whole or something. So he had his own. Uh, he wanted to put his stock into a trust to help make the customers right, but then that got rejected. So then he put his own money into that trust. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Here, take a look. This is, I remember when this happened, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm super shocked because so far every single quote unquote crypto philanthropist has turned out to be a scammer. So it's kind of interesting, you know, I mean, Sam, Sam Bankman fraud was, was also a philanthropist and just wanted to give it all away. I mean, in this case, I think I so many totally different, but still it's it's a level of philanthropy that that we've never seen and it's it's kind of yeah is is well, that because, legit i think so because i think the, the problem is is that there's so many of these shit coiners that pretend oh your funds are safe -oo, when actually they're not right like that this is it's it's a bunch of gaslighting so uh, musical chairs so that they can you know run off with it um and and so as Bitcoiners, we we're you know we we see something a message like I remember I remember Ray's original message and thinking, are they actually or is it it doesn't sound right because we're so used to hearing oh yeah it's fine but actually you know they're up to no good and so when when there are characters that do the right sort of thing, um yeah we're we're wary. Um, I mean maybe I, I think I think I think rightfully so because there's a lot of times where it's like stuff like especially the complicated stuff like a trust for a pleb. Just sounds like oh, I don't really know how to trust works. I don't know how like is it, is it really his money or is it his money because it's A B to C and then D and then it's really not that big of a D burden for him. Like it's very hard for me to like even begin to parse that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I just like I, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say. So I agree with one. Like, like it's it's natural for us to be like weary, like to be skeptical, and you know, it's like when someone's doing something that isn't in their best interest, it's like. It's like, okay, but like, because you care, you know, it's like, okay, he cares more about his reputation, obviously, than, than maybe some kind of personal, I don't know, but like. So maybe a stupid question, but a situation like this arises, right? And we see, um, you know, we see Ray get booted out of Paxful. Does that make, does that make him more credible and Paxful less credible or vice versa? Like to me well, here personally, I think it makes him look a little bit more, I guess, a little bit more credible, right? Because, because don't get me wrong, having worked, you know, in 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 a large enough corporation, like I know that people don't want to necessarily believe it, but it, it's a lot of bullshit, right? It it's it, it's a lot of bullshit, and it's a lot of like the circles, and you you got to be willing to play the game, right? Like the it, it's not it's not the people who call out the truth that end up moving the boat along it's the people who shut their mouths and paddle with everyone else 
So it sounds to me like Ray possibly wasn't paddling with everyone else. <laughs> so. Well, the, uh, so when I was saying like the conspiracy, right? Yeah. The conspiracy is we, we're getting into great conspiracy territory now Let's because it's like it. it's like uh, hypothetically in a universe, like as an AI generated program, I would never <laughs> accuse Ray of this, right? So, uh, you know, but in a fictitious world called Earth Two, where where Ray exists and then was CEO of Paxful, obviously is what I'm talking about. Um, it's like Just uh, know, he resigned. He, he was resigned. not. He was not. He was not um, fired. He resigned. Resigned um, because Thank he you was for clearing yeah. that up. Yeah. Right. So going back to like what Phil's saying is like he had very good relationships with the board and executives. And he's like, hey, I want to do this because I think it'd be good PR long term for Paxful and for me personally. And I think it's it's in our best everyone's best interest if I resign. You know, it's like a very like cordial thing that wasn't hostile at all, you know, potentially. You know what I mean? Like kind of to Phil's point, right? That's on Earth too. I would never I would never talk about actual Earth, you know. Oh, that's awesome. I, I like that you I like that you did that. <laughs> okay, so I have one further story in, in Wreck this week. Um and it's not exactly about Bitcoin, but it is about it's free speech. About Bitcoin, Walton. It's always about it Bitcoin. is about free speech, which um as far as I'm concerned is what Bitcoin is. Now, um Elon Musk, um, you know, whatever, uh, he bought Twitter a while ago, uh, and a lot of people had had some hope. I don't really know why, because you know, he's he's a big business and big business um is big government, right? Like it's um all of these giant businesses and, and business people, they 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 have to build relationships with um with states. I didn't think it would go this bad. I didn't think he would hire um a world economic forum like key person to then be the next ceo of twitter that doesn't really sound like a good free speech move so but we have noster right yes we do we do have noster and uh you know lucky for us uh you know we can post whatever we want over there but so look knowing what we know about the world economic forum it i it just yeah, and not not only that, but the gaslighting that w that was done by that particular organization, and what I mean by that is, is that um, the World Economic Forum actually denied that they ever made that ridiculous video um, about building back better, right? And and the twenty thirty, you'll have nothing and you'll be happy. I mean, listen, I I was reporting on it when it happened. We even showed the video, which by the way disappeared after the fact. But my point is is that these people are completely insane. Okay, and I don't think that they're like the, you know, the mustache twirling, like, ha ha ha, we're so happy to be evil kind of thing. I think it's much more like they are fulfilling their incentives and it's just really freaking scary that a person from the World Economic Forum is going to be in that position uh, for this platform where supposedly um, it's a town hall. And people are supposedly, you know, supposed to be able to, right, congregate in quotations freely. So this is, this is definitely a step in the wrong direction. I think it's kind of weird that like three days or four days before he announced this, he put out another tweet talking about being able to do uh, like DM, like uh, direct voice, uh, like direct voice chats and stuff like that. So that's kind of weird. Right. Like, so all of a sudden you want to encourage people to have all these direct conversations and kind of change the current of Twitter, which sounded great, sounded great in an isolated tweet. But then 
he releases this. <laughs> so now if we take that particular tweet out of isolation and put on the tinfoil hat, uh, it kind of looks weird, right? All of a sudden they want you to have these private conversations through Twitter, you know, kind of taking a different direction. And hey, look who we're bringing on as CEO, World Economic Forum person. It's weird. Just didn't saying. he say there's, there's encrypted messages, but don't trust them yet, or something yeah, like that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like really, like encrypted by who? Encrypted by him, right? Like it's it's like what WhatsApp uh, is encrypted, right? But are you trusting Facebook with the end to end? You know, only only Twitter has the key. Only has the only Twitter has the key to decrypt that data. Okay, is that the and and you can trust that. You can trust that, and and you can trust the World Economic Forum. So all of this is really, you know, what we're just paranoid. Tidwell, or uh, I'm not, huh? Or I'm nuts, but maybe uh, right about this. Yeah, man. I think you're, I think you're. I think we're all nuts here. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think Bitcoin. we're right to be. I mean, I mean, I. I don't think anyone. I mean, if they maybe didn't use such beautiful people in the video of "You'll have nothing and be happy," we might be. We might have forgotten it, but they had the most beautiful people. Like so happy. Like just smiling. Okay, just like smiling. You're saying that you're down with the campaign to make Bitcoin sexy again because we need to, we need to we need to attract people um, that that have high time preference and just need nice things to look at. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying it's your Bitcoin responsibility to do 121 push-ups every single day until you have six pack abs. And if the, if push-ups aren't getting you abs, then I guess you're just gonna have really strong arms. Like I think it's your goal to be as healthy as possible if you're a Bitcoiner. It's your duty as a Bitcoiner. So and, yes, become more attractive. You, you could do 121 press ups, push ups, and then and then and actually 121 is the price of the price of the ticket as well. So if you if you if you reward yourself with a dollar per per push up, you too can go to TabConf. If someone can film themselves, the first person to film themselves doing 121 push ups without a break gets a free TabConf ticket. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think anyone could do that though. <laughs> That's that's quite a lot. Like, try, though. That's quite. A lot. Yeah, I'd love to see some attempts yeah. though. Like you know, someone's gonna. You can. Try. You can. Uh, yeah, you can. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, you know, it's it's either 120 first one to 121 or whoever gets the highest count. You know, we'll we'll do it that way. That's pretty fair. Okay, guys, you heard it here first. Free free tickets TabConf if you can do more push-ups than the whole of Bitcoin Twitter. Very nice. Very nice. All right, Walton. I think that wraps up wrecked. What would what would you say? Yeah, I say fuck shit coins. That's right. Fuck shit coins. It's everyone. so it's so crazy, man. It's like Jack Dorsey just might be like so giddy right now that he just left. I mean, it's like <laughs> it, like apart. the like the fact that like Elon was so and, and the, the the funniest part is Tucker Carlson just like yesterday said like, "Oh, I'm going to use Twitter as my freedom of speech platform." Like this, for this you can't make this Classic. you can't make this any more ironic, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Tucker wrecked. Oh gosh! Uh, it, it really, like Tucker. Tucker is the wrecked one here, right, Walton? He really is the wrecked. A little one. bit, a little bit. All right, guys, we are moving on over to the Hopium. The Hopium. The Hopium. The Hopium is brought to you by Crypto Cloaks. Check them out, CryptoCloaks.com. Also serving Europe, CryptoCloaks.co.uk. Awesome 3D prints. Buy a Bitcoiner. Check them out. Here is the 3D printed grenade where you could store an open dime, get the bigger one, and you could store a signing device slash hardware wallet. Use the code PLEBUNDERGROUND for 5% off, and that's at CryptoCloaks.com. 
Use Pleb Underground for 5% off. All right, we've got, I, I think we've got some pretty good Hopium. We are going to kick it off with the Hopium charts of Hopium charts. That's right. Before there was Plan B, and, and this is funny, this comes from uh, actually fellow Bitcoiner Flacco who reminded me about this. I, in, in all honesty, I haven't seen this, this page in a very long time. Here we go, guys. That's right, guys. This is the original Hopium rainbow chart. Trollolos 2014 logarithmic regression projection. Okay, guys? So look, not saying this is going to happen. Not saying this is going to happen, but according to this chart, according to this chart, we are in very good buying Bitcoin territory, and we have a very long way to go into rainbow, rainbow bear territory. So, guys... These are the, the these are stacking days. Stacking days according to this hopium chart. Now, before we move into the rest of the hopium, I I just I mean, look, I, I'm not a follower of Plan B. I was blocked many, many moons ago. Um, because I think hopium charts like this are extremely dangerous. Um, and I think that as human beings, we we tend to look for patterns, uh, even when they they may not exist, right? I mean, time, time may break a pattern, time can break any pattern. So is it really a pattern once once time breaks it? But ah, Tidwell, well, what are your thoughts on the Hopium chart? I mean, we're, are, are you a Plan B fan? Were you a Plan B fan? Or what are your thoughts on this? Is this all just is this all just nonsense? I don't know who Plan B is. Okay. <laughs> That's, a, That's okay. Guys, once again, the reminder, the only chartist you should follow is Plan D. That's, of course, D to Bob um, Moon. I, I'm a big fan of uh if if you want bitcoin to moon build something to help build build something to help build something to help you know you know do you know for, for for one person that might be you know making a meetup group in your town if there isn't one for bitcoin you know making a company to facilitate some service it's just like i i i really like the idea of like this thing isn't going to build itself we can't just hope it into existence it still takes people to you know get this thing going so there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of opportunity. So I, I kind of like whenever people start doing rainbow charts, I've never seen a rainbow chart, but like triangles, you know, and like in lines oh, yes, and stuff, I'm just like uh, a TA, right. It's just like, I feel like a lot of that makes perfect sense when you show it, when it's for your time range, but then it's like, okay, you're backdating these, these lines. Like, what about, you know, how, how right are you going forward? And I'd probably Horoscopes argue for men. Yeah, it's astrology for men, as I've I've heard. <laughs> but no, um, I think I think yeah, I your know. comment though is is the real hopium signal. I I think that that's right there. You hit the nail on the head. You know, you really want to see Bitcoin moon. You want to see it get adopted. If you can build on Bitcoin, build on Bitcoin, build around Bitcoin. That is absolutely, that is absolutely correct. Well, thank you, Phil. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, I see we're still following uh, Yellow's three rules of the uh, the bear market uh, that we stack, uh, that we fight and we build, or we talk about building. Very good, sir. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to move on to some more hopium. We're going to move on from we're we're going to move on from the building to the a uh, little bit more little bit more number stuff. Here we go. That's right, guys. This is the explanation for Bitcoin's fiat exchange rate drop okay this was i saw a bunch of people say plunge phil oh, plunge. it's plunged and it's like one percent or something i know right it's like so here we go the bitcoin bitcoin drops to 26k as the result of binance whale sell-off 
120 million worth of Bitcoin was dumped on the market yesterday. So I want you guys to keep that number in your mind. 120 million dollars worth of Bitcoin was dumped on the market yesterday, mainly from Binance Wales. In the grand scheme of things, though, it's not a lot of sell pressure, but the issues stem from an illiquid market. Price is susceptible to aggressive moves. So why this is hopium is because $120 million worth of Bitcoin got dropped onto the market and it just got completely absorbed. It, it just got like, I think that that to me is kind of what the signal is in that. Like it just got completely absorbed. And so what? So we're sitting at $26,500. Guys, we, we, had a, we had a country shut down all of their miners, right? Almost two years ago. Then we had the FTX scandal. Then we had all these shitcoin crypto banks. You need to understand the narrative. They are like everything but the kitchen sink is being thrown at Bitcoin. And this, this thing won't die. <laughs> it just won't die. So to me, that, that that's why when I see news like this, I'm just like, yep, that is absolute hopium. And, and to wrap it up, before we, we get into our discussion about this, I think that this this piece kind of sums it up, right? They're talking about $120 million dumped on the market. It's e-liquid. Oh, yeah. It's e-liquid, huh? Robinhood wants to make a stock market like crypto. 24 hours a day. All right. They're now offering equities trading 24 hours a day, five days a week for certain stocks. The company is calling it the 24-hour market and will be available to all customers by June. You see, you, you don't change Bitcoin. Bitcoin changes you. And... You know, like, it's just, to me, this is, again, part of the natural progression to the Bitcoin-based world. Like, we, we are moving ever closer to this, okay? Like, that news from Robinhood, I don't really give a shit what they use to make their equities or anything like that. But the point is, is that they looked at Bitcoin, and, and I have to admit, that was one of the things that really, because I, I, I used to purchase equities, and one of the things that I really you know, that pissed me off was that when the market would close, the market would close. And I'm like, does the market close? Like the market's still on. Everybody's still doing things, you know? So I loved that Bitcoin was just 24 seven. It just never stops. And don't get me wrong, but these people at Robinhood, they are not that I like them, but they see the opportunity. And to me, I believe that a 24 hour market kind of helps it, uh, kind of helps uh, solidify the idea that that's, that's really what is more accurate. That is what's true. Like the fact that we have a market that opens at 9.30 a.m. and closes at 4 p.m., that's ridiculous. Like that never made any sense. Phil, you know, Bitcoin's traded for, has been traded for more hours, I think, than the NASDAQ. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't take, you know, weekends and nights off. And, and just for, you know, in perspective, right? Like on, on every single day, Bitcoin has four life cycles that a traditional market has even a little bit more. So I, the, in terms of liquidity, right? Like that is a bullshit statement because Bitcoin is the most liquid market 24 seven. When you have a piece of news that comes into the market, because at the end of the day, we're still dealing with human beings and algorithms, right? When you have a piece of news that comes out into the market, that move gets digested by Bitcoin four times faster than a traditional market. Anyways, for me, that is why this is all hopium and it just makes me more bullish on Bitcoin. Tidwell, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I think we're going to see, you know, big moves 
until you know Bitcoin probably has a market cap of a couple trillion dollars. I think big moves are going to be quite you know normal. I think I think there's until until uh, you know one sat one penny you know USD. I think we're we're going to see you know ten percent moves, five percent moves daily. Like I think that's just part of the ride up. Um, and I I don't. I think this is to be expected with any kind of disruptive technology, anything like Bitcoin, like if it wasn't doing this, if it was just a, you know, linear <laughs> road to, to, you know, whatever, uh, to, to adoption and, and to being a standard, then, um, I think, uh, it would have already happened by now if it was just so clear, like the whole, the whole idea of it going up and down is because it's fun, exciting. It, there's opportunity to build, uh, people still think it's, it's bullshit. People still, think it's uh super vulnerable you know there's still you know question marks on you know how we're going to scale to you know you know 10x scale 100x scale 1000x scale you know i think you know saying like if someone drops 120 million dollars on a market and the price goes down i think it's like okay if it doesn't go down wouldn't that be weird <laughs> like if it goes down a couple percentages isn't that to be like expected um yeah and <clears throat> yeah i think also like the longer you're in bitcoin like the, i think the more kind of tolerant you are to big, big changes, you know, 50% plus kind of changes don't really shake you as much as if you're, if it's the first time you're kind of dealing with this. So like, um, I, you, you made me look at the chart and I'm looking, it's like a 2% change today or 1.9. And I'm just thinking like, you know, that is, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's not really, it's not really noteworthy, in my opinion, uh, in terms of though. like the scheme of things, right? Yeah, because yeah. if you're saying that the longer in Bitcoin, your time preference increases. Interesting, interesting. I just like to issue a correction, by the way, on my point previously about the Nasdaq. I think that is true because the Nasdaq's only been around for like 20, 30 years, uh, probably a bit more, maybe thirty years. But the the it's actually uh, Bitcoin's been traded longer in terms of the total number of hours than the S&P 500, uh, which launched in 1957. Um, if if you want to read more about how, um, I'll put the link uh, uh, in the show notes. Thank you. That is absolutely awesome. And you know what? I, I think, again, that, that just goes to the point of Bitcoin being the most liquid market. I So I find it comical that they that, that article claims illiquidity. Right, like it, it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I want to go to your point, uh, Tidwell, about the um, about the percentage uh, about the percentage jumps. Right, um, I, I think that people can't actually grasp Bitcoin over a million dollars USD in fiat exchange. And I, I think that people really, you know, to see a fluctuation of like three or four hundred k in a day, that that's going to be nothing. It's going to be absolutely nothing. So to your point. It is a nothing burger, but to the other side of it, I think your point is also embrace the volatility of Bitcoin, right? It it kind of it becomes your opportunity. If there if if Bitcoin wasn't volatile, there would be no room. Uh, corporate America and you know, fiat whales would have already soaked up all the opportunity. Like the, the idea that there's still some question marks gives gives us a chance to to be part of this you know future. You know, at least have a have a bigger slice. So. Yeah, I like to, you know to what? me it is That's one of the point. most liquid markets. And the reason that, the reason we get these big moves is because actually it is you could always buy and sell Bitcoin. And so if if you're Exactly I don't know, if you're if you're a fund that owns, I don't know, a bunch of different stuff, 
you can't sell it at whatever like but you can sell your bitcoin first and so i think when we see you know i don't know liquidity events or we see you know we see you know bigger kind of market forces happening you see moves in bitcoin first because of its liquidity because of the fact it can be traded all the time um and and then we see it recover first as well i you know what i think you make a very interesting point and that is exactly it right like and that to me is a is a that is the symbol of its liquidity the fact that that you can do that i, I mean there's there's no market I, to me anyways there's no market in the world that you can do that as a retail user right like in order to move in order to move let's say a sizable amount of money uh, you know, you either have to have special permissions, right? You need to have special permissions or you need to be in the right circles. But with Bitcoin, you just need Bitcoin. So I, I don't know. I anyways, yeah, that that was the uh, that was the hopium segment, guys. And actually, that also wraps up this episode of Pleb Underground. So don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you want to stream us sats, check us out on Fountain.fm. You could stream us sats through Breeze. Tidwell, chill your stuff one more time. Where can people find you? Tell us about the Tab Conference. Uh, I'm, uh, you'll never find me on Twitter. I'm Mike21, but it's very confusing the way I spell it. It's Mike20 it's Mike, and then a 1. And then 20 and then a 1, right? yeah we'll and um uh, good luck yeah good luck with that and then <laughs> um everywhere else i'm pretty much tidwell um tabconf is september 6th through 9th get those push-ups going i expect everyone to be ripped by the time tabconf comes around um yeah i mean tr check out zebedee download our wallet let me know what you think and uh you know just remember the s p 500 Drop twenty percent in just a few weeks in twenty twenty two around August and October. So, I guess it's a liquid as well. So, <laughs> so it's an e-liquid so, market. Uh, yeah, that's all it is. All right. Well, yeah, and thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Thanks. Awesome. All right, Walton. How do we wrap this one up? We'll see you at Pleb Tacos next week, Miami Beach. If you're interested, contact us. Uh, but also, fuck shit coins. That's right. Catch you all next week, people. Yeah.